In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. These statements from today's gospel reading are likely among the most well-known of our Lord. If you meet someone who is good, trustworthy, humble, and simple, you can describe that person with words from this gospel. You can say they are really salt of the earth. And everyone loves good, old-fashioned, salt-of-the-earth people. And earlier this weekend at our Dawson Convention, our bishop-elect, Glenda Curry, preached that we are to be the light of the world. We even had a church full of Episcopalians singing, This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Be simple. Be salt of the earth. Let your light shine. This is an easy sermon to preach. Right? Well, it might be a relatively easy sermon if that was all that Jesus said. But you know, once preachers get going, sometimes they don't know when to quit. And Jesus keeps going in today's gospel. At first it starts out okay as he continues, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. Okay, we can all get behind that. But what next? For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So much for an easy sermon. Of course, to be fair to Christ, he did have a tough task in front of him with his audience. You might think, given his criticism of the scribes and the Pharisees, that it was to them he preached these stern words, but you would be wrong. Matthew describes the audience of the Sermon on the Mount in the end of chapter 4, the previous chapter, as great crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. The people who have gathered around Jesus for this sermon were, according to Matthew, crowds filled with the sick, those who are afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, and paralytics. See, this is why just before our reading this morning, Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. He didn't sell the, tell, this to tell people like you and me that we should be more like that. He said this because he was actually talking to the poor and people who were actually mourning. He said this to actual poor, mourning, meek, and oppressed crowds all around him who would know that though the world might seem, see them as worthless, they were immeasurably blessed and loved by God, just like you and me. Even if we feel worthless at times, we are immeasurably blessed and loved by God. So what Jesus had done is he saw these crowds and called his first disciples to come and sit around him. And he offered these gospel words. He began to preach to them. Beginning with the Beatitudes and continuing to tell them the shape of the lives that they must lead 
if they're going to be a part of the rebuilding of the kingdom of God in a world which had become so broken. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is telling his disciples and us what it truly means to follow him. That's why he wants to be clear at the beginning that the problem was not with the law and the prophets. The problem was that the religious had forgotten the meaning and the purpose of the law and the prophets. This sermon is his grand redirection, his calling people back to the true meaning of the law and the prophets, and calling them back to do it not just at any time, but at a time when Roman oppression remained high, when the scribes and the Pharisees were seen by the general population as pretty much worthless. He's speaking at a time when people no longer trusted their government at all, and at a time when religious institutions seemed to fail entirely. So maybe perhaps this might be a sermon the church really needs to hear right now. The question that the crowd faced were numerous. How can Jerusalem be the holy city when it's occupied by pagan forces? How can our God be the great God if the forces of evil seem so powerful in this world? How can we believe that this is a manifestation of the reign of God when so much seems so broken among us? You see, there were two dominant answers to all these questions. The first answer came from the Zealots. The Zealots were a political movement in the first century who believed that the answer to the problems of the time was violent revolt and rebellion against the evils of a crooked government. The Zealots believed in religious purity, just like the Pharisees, who were more familiar with. But the Zealots also believed that their liberty was the most important thing, and anything that stood in the way of their religious liberty should be overcome by violence, if need be and that they would bring goodness into this society, no matter the cost. But to the answer of the zealots in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus offers a strong rejection. You have heard that it was said, Jesus says in the verses following this reading, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Enemies, according to Christ, those who do wrong, are not to be hated and attacked and beaten. They are to be loved. When you find yourself persecuted, you are to pray for the person who persecutes you. And later in the same sermon, Jesus expands. He says that when somebody takes your cloak, you give it to them. If they force you to go one mile, you go two. The Pharisees disagreed with the Zealots as well, just like Jesus did. The Pharisees believed that violent overthrow was impossible. Instead, the Pharisees said that what God's people should do is retreat into their religious communities, their communities of perfect religious practice. If they lived today, they would say you should simply unfriend anyone who makes your blood pressure rise. <laughs> You should tell yourself how wrong they are, 
you should feel very good in your own self-righteousness and then click the delete button. This was the answer of the Pharisees. But Jesus wasn't interested in that answer either. After all, self-righteousness won't actually make the world a better place. In fact, a bunch of self-righteous people have a nasty history of doing tremendous damage. The law and the prophets, the practice of religion, was never about you getting it perfect so that you could rain fire and brimstone on those who are clearly wrong. The law and the prophets was about God calling you to make right that which is broken in your relationship with your neighbor. The law and the prophets was about you realizing that you are responsible for brokenness in this world, and that you are called to stand up and heal that which is broken. That's why our world today needs salty Christians. As any good cook knows, when salt is used properly, it isn't actually about tasting the salt. It isn't about its own flavor. Salt has the property of bringing out flavors in a dish. That's what Jesus is saying. That's what those who follow Christ do. They bring out the goodness and the belovedness of those who might seem like their enemies. They don't defeat them like the zealots wanted. They don't simply become more holy so they can point out how wicked they are like the Pharisees wanted. No. Neither of those heal the relationship. <clears throat> Followers of Christ bring out goodness, and that's what the whole Sermon on the Mount is about. So go out, St. John's Church. Be salt and be light. Ask yourself if the way you're living your life right now, the way you're talking, the way you're acting, is it making a difference? Are you increasing the goodness and the love and the mercy in this world? When you engage with others with whom you disagree, are you bringing the goodness out of them too? Are you working for justice while also seeking to bring the belovedness of the oppressor to the surface so that the oppressor as well could be freed from their darkness into light? Be salt and be light through your actions, through the way you choose to live, the way you choose to talk, to engage with others, through all that you do. Make the blessedness of God overflow in this world of ours. <clears throat>